It's good to see that number back up, though. Amen. You know, that's very good. Very good. Well, you got your Bible? Exodus chapter 20 tonight. Exodus 20, we're talking about going through the life of Moses. Um, but tonight I want to talk to you about the first four, um, the Ten Commandments. He went up to the mountain. Uh, we talked about that last week, how the cloud set on top of that mountain. What an event that had to have been. And uh, this week I want to talk to you about the, the, uh, the first four, the first four commandments. And the, studying this out, you know, you uh, get to thinking about this stuff. But as looking at this, the first that there are what we would label Ten Commandments that God gives Moses, uh, written on two tablets. Uh, it happened twice because Moses broke one, and God gave him a second one uh, to write in stone. But God wrote with his finger on the rock. I mean, just the things that take place, um, uh, just the law in which he was supposed to uh, help govern the people. But the first four deal with our relationship to God. The last six deal with our relationship towards others. And if you notice in the New Testament, Jesus was approached by somebody. Uh, what, is, what is the greatest commandment? And many of us know what the, what the answer is. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus saith unto them, hey, they came to him saying, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, number one, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And verse number 30, 38, no, 39, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So a lot of people would say, man, this, this replaces the Ten Commandments. But what Jesus was trying to teach us here is the same thing that he taught us with the Ten Commandments. The first four deal with how we treat who? God. God. Number one, he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. So that takes care of the first four. Then he says in verse number 39, he said, And the second is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you know what that takes care of? The last six. So Jesus wrapped all ten commandments into two. He said, If you will love God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, you will not have any problems with the first four. And then he said, you shall love your neighbor as thyself. You won't have any problems with the last six because you'll love your neighbor like you love yourself. You know, and, I, and honestly, when I had, I had never really looked at it that way when I had when I've read it before, but studying it out, I said, that makes complete sense why Jesus said it like that. Because it does, the first four do deal with how you treat God. So how do I treat God if I love God? I'll treat him the right way. Right? Right. Truly love God. <coughs> if you love somebody, how do you show that person that you love them? What is love? Love is an action word. 
Now, I'm not an English professor and don't even try to be, okay? When I went to Bible college, I had to take dummy English. You know what that is? High school English. English for dummies, yes. It was. We called it. Look, it didn't even count as a credit on my, on my college transcript. You know why? Because it was high school English. You know what they had to do? They had to reteach me my English before I got to go to college English. So I'm not an English major. But I do know what an action word means. I do know that love ought to produce what? Action. So if you love your spouse, how do you show that you're how do you show your spouse that you love them? Doing things for them. Showing that you love them. Love, I love you. I've heard people say it, you know, if uh, I love you, if that changes, I'll tell you. All right? So that should, that should last the next 40 years of our marriage. If it changes, I'll let you know, right? No, that's not how that works, is it? When you love somebody, you show them that you love them. Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy mind. So how do we need to show God we love him? The first four commandments give us help. Number one, number one, the first commandment is, let's go ahead and let's read through the first couple of verses here. Um, we're going to read through 11 verses, uh, and then that'll cover the first four. Um, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which thou hast, which hath brought, have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Number one, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under, under the earth. Thou shalt... Thou shalt bow down thyself to, to them. Thou shalt not bow thyself. Uh, let's try that again. Verse 5. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, am, jealous, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Number three. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Number four. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in, all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day 
and hallowed it. So now that was number four. So first commandment is, number one, is thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Now, you say, how does that apply to me today? We should not put anything before God. If I put anything before God, guess what it is? It becomes a God. Because you will see in this text, and he goes on to the next one, but he, you see in this text, he says, you shall not have any other gods before me. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 38, uh, verse 37, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. When, when we love God like we ought to, there is not one thing that's more important than God. Amen. There's not one thing more important than, church, than God and the things of God. So what are the things of God? What are the things of God? You look at this, and we examine this, and we think about this. That song we sang this morning, Oh, how I love Jesus. That is a representation of who is the number one or who is important in our life. How do we base all of our decisions? Do we consult God before we make a decision? Do we ask him, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think I should do? Where do you think I should go? What do you think I should say? Do we consult God? This is, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. There should be nothing that takes the place of God. His Bible, his prayer time, there should be nothing that takes his place. <coughs> I fear today that media is driving our society where that is the number one thing. They say an average kid spends like eight hours a day in front of media, in front of a device, watching TV or on a phone or whatever. That's a lot of time. Do you know what that's replacing? God. But if we are not, if we're not careful, do you know what will replace God in our lives as well? That same thing. Though we may not watch eight hours a day on it, but it can be more important than God. Anything that we place before God is a what? It's a sin. It's a God. And God says, Moses, he told Moses, he said, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. No other gods. But I think God wanted to emphasize this a little bit more. Not only did he not want things and items and, and, and people and, and that kind of thing, but he wanted to make sure that there was nothing going to be more important than God. Look at number two, commandment number two, verse number four. He said, thou shalt not make any what? Graven Images. Do you know what that is? That is something that is carved, something that is an item that you worship. That's what he said not to do. Do you remember when Moses came down off the mountain? One time he comes down off the mountain and Aaron had them boys out there building a calf. 
Well, they convinced Aaron to do it, whatever. They built a calf. What were they doing? Image. They were building an image that they were worshiping. And no image should we worship. None. Zero. The only image that we need to worship is who? There's a lot of good people in this world. There have been a lot of good people who have gone on before us. But that's not who I worship. And that's not who I pray to. And that's not who I ought to worship. The only person I need to worship is God. And God says here in Exodus chapter number 20... He says, don't even make an image that you will pray to. I said this this morning, and you go to the deepest, darkest part of the world, and do you know what they have? They have some kind of carved something that they're praying to because they know that there's a God. But as a Christian, we don't need to have another image that we pray to because we don't need another image to pray to. We don't need another image that we put in front of God because God is the thing. God is the only thing that we ought to pray to and worship. No graven images. No graven images. Look what he says. Look what he says in verse number five. It's, it's interesting that he says this, but thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. He said, don't bow to them, don't serve them, for I am the Lord thy God. And I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. Don't you dare get an image that is more important than God. And I, and I don't know necessarily, I'm, I'm talking to you guys today, Christians who've been in church uh, any amount of time. I don't know that any of us have an image that, uh, that, that a Buddha or something like that. We're not praying to that. But I fear that the image is not something we're praying to, but an image is something that has taken the place of God, and rather than spending time with God, and rather than praying with God, and reading His Scripture with God, we've replaced that image, and yet we may not bow to it, yet we may not pray to it, but we serve it, and we serve it. I firmly believe that one of the things that have taken the place of God is sports. There are so many people in this world. Sports have become way more important than God. It's number one. Look, I love sports with the best of them. You know I do. But if there's ever a day when sports become more important than God, guess what? That's wrong. And it's an image. And it ought not be there. That's true. Right? True. Because God's a jealous God. But look at this in verse number 5. He continues to say, he said you shouldn't bow to it. You shouldn't serve it. But then he says this. He said, visiting the iniquities of the father upon the children into the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. The iniquity of the fathers of bowing down to the graven images will visit their children three and four generations later. Because those that hate me. Those that don't pray to me. Those that don't worship me. Did you know that? That's interesting to see that, isn't it? And then, verse number 6, he ends that with, And showing mercy unto who? Thousands of them that do. 
love me and keep my commandments. We shouldn't have any other gods. We shouldn't make graven images. We ought to love God because then when we love God, thou will have mercy because we love God. Number one, first commandment, no other gods. Number two, thou shalt not make unto graven images. Number three, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. We shouldn't take his name in vain. What does that mean? We shouldn't use God's name. God, first of all, God doesn't have a last name, all right? Right? <clears throat> we ought not give him a last name. We ought not put things before his name. It is a, is a reverenced name, a holy name, a precious name. You ever wonder why when people are working and they smash their foot. They don't say, oh, Buddha. Oh, Allah. Do you know what they say? Oh, God. Why? <laughs> it's in vain. It's in vain. It's interesting. I've never, I've, I've thought about that. And it makes no sense to me, but I think it's simply because it's the name of the Lord, it's the name of God, and we should not take his name in vain. Amen. In our life, but also I'll say this, we shouldn't take his name in vain when we pray. Yeah, he talks about vain repetition. I believe that we can take God's name in vain if we have vain repetition in our prayer. Saying the same thing over and over and over again. Same exact, I think we, we use God's name in vain by doing that. God is bigger than a repetition prayer. Vain repetition. Who, do you see a central theme tonight? Who ought to be number one in our life? God ought to be number one, right? Number one, thou shalt have no other gods. Number two, thou shalt not make any graven images. Number three, thou shalt not take the Lord's, thy name, God, uh, thy God, thy... Man, if I could speak tonight. Name of the Lord, thy God, in vain. Number four, and I'm done. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor. Now, I, I don't remember this. But I've been told about this by many people that there used to be a day in America that nothing was open on Sunday because it was God's day. Now, it is not, Sunday is not the Sabbath day. Saturday is the Sabbath day. Saturday is the day, is the day that, uh, that God rested. First day of the week is Sunday. The reason we worship God on Sunday and not Saturday is because he arose from the dead Amen. on Sunday morning. But as you look at this, God had a specific thing to mention that his day was holy. Though I do not think that we ought to worship and remember that Sabbath day, Saturday, I do think that we ought to make God's day a holy day. Amen. God's day. His church day. Now to be no question. 
I, what Sunday is to people that know who you are, right? They know what's going on. They know where you're at. It's church day. I love it with my girls. You know what Sunday is? Two times a church day. <laughs> That's what they call it. We get church two times in the day. But we ought to treat it God's holy day. You know, as we come to church, we worship God. Remember, this is his day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. God wanted to emphasize working. It's okay to work. But then also, I will say this as well. There is a day that each and every one of us need rest. No matter who you are, no matter where you're at, you need rest. Your body needs rest. Your soul needs rest. Your mind needs rest. Hey, why did God take a day off? He needed rest. Because he needed rest. He needed. Don't think for just a moment that you're bigger than God. I don't need a day off. Yes, you do. You need a day off. You need time to rest. Time to recoup. But I ask you this, and I'm done. Is there anything in your life that's more important than God? Is his day a holy day? Is his day a day special on the calendar? Do we use God's name in vain in our prayers? Do we use God's name in vain when we speak? Well, let's have a time of prayer, time of invitation. Where's God? He needs to be number one in each and every one of our lives. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I pray that you have blessed our time. I pray that you've used me in spite of me.